Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host today, Joe Meyer, as we are here once again to celebrate Mother's Day, right? So today will be a little bit more traditional in the sense, in my opinion, and it may be a little bit of a shorter conversation and not that because mothers are not worth talking about. Of course they are. And who knows? I may go longer than I than, than I say I am. So, you, you know, when you start to get a conversation with me, you start to get started and uh, we start going in, into other topics and other forms of discussion. But we are going to start off with today with traditionally with Mother's Day. But first, let me start off with our theme of today. Now, this song may not be Mother's day related but it's just a song and i'm definitely going to talk about it but um just a, a group that i've been playing before but but let's listen shall we by Cinderella, folks. Now, like I said, that song may not be mothers related, but it's about love, in my opinion. And even this, the title, don't know what you got until it's gone, right? So let's talk about moms. Let's talk about the importance of mothers. We all got them, right? And unless you're the spawn of Satan, then you probably don't have a mom. But most of us were born, right? Most of us were given birth to at some point in our life. And I always think about Mother's Day 
because some people find that a very hard topic to talk about. And that's probably because, you know, not everybody had a great mom. Not everybody had um, a mom they can feel proud of. Some are in prison. Some are drug users. Some are alcoholics. Some beat the hell out of them. So, you know, some may say, well, what, what can I feel so proud about my mom for that? Those things, you know. And the deep part of it is, is that she was a human being, right? So let's start there. She was a human being. And if she struggled in life, whether with drugs and alcohol, then she, and you were too young to really know how to help her, that's not your fault. She needed help. And maybe there weren't people around to help her. Now, I don't know where I'm getting on this topic, because <laughs> my mother, who her name was Linda, she passed away in 2015, right? She, she died at the age of 56. 56 years old, folks. Some of us, I'm not 50s yet. I haven't gotten there. I'm barely in my 40s. But 56 from 40s is not that long from here. We like to think that, oh, well, I have plenty of time. Oh, you know, you know I'm going to be 42 this year. You know, 14 years from now is not a long time. It may feel like it, but it's not. A lot can happen. I could be dead by 56. You know, who knows? Only God knows, right? But, you know, thinking about mothers and thinking about my mom, which I'll talk a little bit about first, you know. You know, she... She struggled. She struggled early in life. You know... I think, you know, when she had me, I was her first child. She was married, or she wasn't married, I don't think so. She my, she only had my father, um, as far as I know. Um, and I don't think they were married at first, so I think they got married after they had me. Um, I forget, to be honest. I, I don't think I ever asked her. <laughs> so, um, But <clears throat> my dad was working. We lived in Huntington Park, California, which is a shitty town, if you don't ask me. It's kind of a, I lived in that area most of my life, and today it hasn't changed. It really hasn't changed. For those of you who live in Los Angeles or know that area, you know that part of Los Angeles, Southgate, Huntington Park, Bell Garbage, other, you know, known as Bell Gardens, but I call it Bell Garbage. Um, you know, Downey, which is a little bit better. Cudahy, Linwood, Compton, Watts. Lived in all those areas near there, okay? And they're crappy towns. I'm sorry. You know, I know people live there, and I know some may say, well, Joseph, that's just where they live. They, You know, what can they do? You know, that's, you know... That's how they live, you know. Is it their fault? And I'm like, oh, not always. Sometimes those cities are dirt cheap because of the fact that nobody wants to live there. And people are like, okay, I'm okay here. Some people grew up there all their life, like my dad. 
and I grew up there most of my life until a few years ago since I moved to uh, uh, farther east, much farther away from Los Angeles. So, but anyways, um, growing up, that's where my life started in those cities. And we lived in an apartment in Huntington Park. We weren't there, I don't know, I wasn't that old, maybe at the age of five, we, mom and dad separated. I ended up moving in with my grandfather, which I refer to as the devil, right? And my mom and my sister. My dad was still in the picture, but he was, uh, in a sense, scot-free, right? So he didn't, he paid child support, obviously. Took care of us, saw him on the weekends. But mom struggled. Mom really tried to get by. She worked in schools. She worked in schools for most of her career. She, I think she at one point starting out when we, we were first born, me and my sister, she was in medical assisting or a nurse or she wasn't really a nurse. I don't think she was more medical assisting, but that's where she was starting. And, um, But when my dad and mom separated, we lived in with the devil, moved in with him. And, you know, she lived in Bell Garbage. She took us there to that crappy city, which I don't blame her for. She just wanted to put a roof over our head, and my grandfather was the way to do that, to help us. And so we grew up there. And um, she worked at the school, our elementary school, so she could be there with us, keep an eye on us. And it was uh, Bell Gardens Elementary, right? And uh, forget their mascot. Um, let me take a look here. Bell- oh, not Bell Gardens Elementary. Was it Bell Gardens Elementary? Yeah, I think it. I'm trying to remember what their mascot was. Oh, they're the unicorns. I think they're the unicorns, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, lived there until, you know, we, we pretty much stayed in Bell Garbage for many, many years, right? And then eventually we moved to Downey. Um, but my mom struggled. She didn't make a lot of money. Um, working in schools, she, you know, back then, this we're talking about 80s, you know, lived in a one-bedroom apartment building with my grandfather who lived in his own separate apartment. We lived right next to store to each other, right? And it was a very small one-bedroom apartment, right? And, um, it's hard to remember some of those times because I try to think back and it's hard not to replace my memories of a happy childhood with verbal abuse from my grandfather, right? And mom struggling and going on the uh, every other weekend with dad to grandma's house and grandpa's house and being there for the weekend. And mom did her best 
She was verbally abused for most of her life until the day she died from the devil living with him. To this day, I don't know why she just didn't go on on her own. We probably would have been okay in time, but she probably would have been a lot happier to have a lot more freedom to live on her own, but who knows, right? Um, I often think, what is it about a daughter who will go searching for her father who's never been in her life and make all these sacrifices for that person when he's a piece of shit? Right, he is, and he's dead now. And I know people will say, "Well, he's dead. We can't even defend himself." Well, he had plenty of time to do that, and he never said anything. He actually just got worse. But mom, growing up, did her best to take care of us. We were always clothed. We always had food in our stomach. We always had a place over to sleep. Warm clothes, blankets, whatever. Something that many kids go without. You know? But deep within the apartment, um, there was sadness going on. My mom, you know, um, I'm, th- I'm thinking about at my age right now, I'm 42. Okay? How old she was in that year. So let me, let me do the math here. So she was born in 19... 19- was it 59 I think let's see yeah 1959 let's see 1959 plus 42 wow that would have been 2001 well I'm 41 now so that would have been 2000 And, you know, at that age, 2000, I was 20, 20 years old, right? Okay, she had me in 1979. And I was, you know, I'm thankful that she got me to that point in my life. And thinking about the ages where she was there to the end. Especially during that time in 2006 when, you know, my life was almost gone. And, um, you know, thinking about that, 2007, sorry, is 1959. She's 48 years old, right? Still a young woman, right? But she suffered. She suffered in that house. And I've always tried to be kind to her, love her. Me and my mom, in my opinion, were very much similar. But there was, she had a very strong temperament. She had a very strong attitude. She was mean at times, and I don't blame her. You know, everyone has, no one's perfect. And it was also due to the fact that, you know, the house she was living in. She always was there to help me till the very day she died. She'd give me money when I struggled. She'd give me her last penny if she wanted to. And I would, you know, and she'd see that 
hey, I didn't have enough money or I was struggling or she would help me. She would, she would give me her, her debit card and say, go buy some groceries for, for you and um, Delia and, uh, and, and, your, and my granddaughter. Go ahead because I was struggling. And it was hard. It was hard because in the later years, most of, my, most of me growing up with her, she was sick. She was sick. She was physically ill. She would have these fevers and she would, she would, um, it would prevent her from, you know, do, have, living a normal life. She'd have these really fevers and it's not like a fever like, oh, well, <clears throat> you know, it was, you know, you know, at once a month or something. It was almost every day. But doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. I think part of it was her weight. You know, she she had trouble with her weight. And that's something that I think about too. Because that was my mom most of her life. My mom was never a twig. And, and that's okay. Moms don't have to be that way. But my mom was never a twig. But she struggled with her weight. She struggled because I believe in my heart she was depressed. She didn't have those people in her life to love her, to treat her with respect. And maybe she turned to food. She never turned to alcohol as far as I know. She never turned to drugs. She never did anything like that. She was just devoted to me and my sister. After mom and dad divorced, you know, she attempted to date. But my grandfather stopped that. A grown woman, he stopped her from dating. I'm not talking about a 16-year-old. I'm talking about someone who was in their 30s and 40s. He stopped her from dating because he forbid it. And I remember one time he even slapped her in the face because she met somebody and she was interested and he didn't allow it. Those are the things my mom went through. We were all, my mom would defend me and my sister all the time because that piece of shit would start fights with us, say horrible things to us, and my mom would step in. Just like a mama lion, right? A mama lion would step in and protect her cubs. Depending if some jackals or whoever came by, she would defend them. And that's what she did. That's what moms do. And I, I, I'll leave it to moms right now. Dads, we'll have our day soon, okay? But today is just mom's day. Mother's day, right? And just the power of moms. The importance of motherhood. And I get it like I was saying before. There's some shitty moms out there, people. Some crappy moms. Moms who do drugs, moms who aren't around, moms who ditch their families, you know, and sad to say, right? Sad to say. But they're, they're still human beings. At one point, you think about moms who, especially the ones who turn to drugs, turn to alcohol, and something about their life maybe turned them that way. And it wasn't you it wasn't I, it wasn't our kids, even though the parents may say, well, it was our fault because they, maybe they never wanted kids, which is some pretty horrible crap to say to your kid. I never wanted you. You were a mistake, right? And let me tell you this, you out there were not a mistake because God doesn't make mistakes, folks. He doesn't. To God, all life is precious. Even 
even if you think your life is not. It is. God, Jesus, loves you. Even if you feel like your mom or dad don't. Right? And we have to remember that. And the thing is with parents, we depend on them. We depend on mom. We depend on mom to get us up in the morning, dress us and feed us, take us to school, make sure we're safe, make sure we're provided for. And you could tell kids, I mean, it's not easy sometimes. Someone would say it's not, it's hard to say this, but you can tell kids that are kind of well taken care of, right? That the parents give a damn what their kids dress and go to school and make sure they eat lunch or eat breakfast before and they, they're bathed and taken care of, right? You could tell. Obviously, I don't know what happens in their home. I don't know if parents are abusing them, verbally assaulting them, beating them up, telling them horrible things. I don't know that, of course. Only, the, only they know, right? Um... But we are, as parents, moms, stick to moms for right now, are there to protect the kids, are there to be there for them, defend them from any harm. God gives moms that gift for a reason. Even if the mom messed up, even if the mom did something she regrets, you know, and decides, hey, I'm going to keep the baby. The only thing I don't understand about motherhood, and this just for motherhood, is mothers who have kids who go through birth and don't give them up for adoption, but instead make their lives a living hell, the child's until growing up, blaming them for the life they could have had. When the mother could have just given up that child to adoption and somebody would have taken that baby immediately and loved him, him or her and give him a good home. But instead, some moms are selfish, you know? Dads too, but some moms are selfish. Growing up with my mom, I mean, she was always there. And one thing I think about with moms, especially growing up in my life, she always made sure we had what we needed, plus we had what we wanted. You know, growing up, hey, McDonald's was a place, Happy Meal. That was it. And back in the 80s or 90s, Happy Meals were the best thing, right? Nowadays, it's kind of like, it's not the same. I mean, the food's the same. That hasn't changed too much. It's what's in the Happy Meal, right? <laughs> um, obviously, back then in the 80s or 90s, they didn't give us apples. They didn't give us yogurt. It was pretty much just like what most of it. Nuggets, cheeseburger, hamburger, fries, whatever. Drink could be milk, juice, now it's soda or soft drinks. Um, and a pretty nifty awesome little toy and I love those toys back then I mean 
especially 80s or 90s. I also loved when a time when mom, um, for Halloween, because we didn't really go trick-or-treating. I don't know if it was just me and my sister just didn't really want to go. We, we just didn't really feel to go, and maybe mom just didn't want to take us. I don't know. But she would just take us to um, to McDonald's on Halloween, right? And she'd get us a Happy Meal. And it would be those those buckets, those pumpkin buckets. There were Some of them were orange, green. They had like Frankenstein face on it, pumpkin face. And that was our treat. And she treated us to those things, right? And I remember those times. Those were special times. Growing older, um, especially she used to take mom, used to drive in her rickety old, you know, little Honda, oh no, not Honda, Toyota Camry, the little, little tiny ones, right? And she used to take us to, uh, me and my sister, when we were old enough, um, to Barona Casino in San Diego. And we'd go, you know, spend a day up there. And do the slots and everything and um, spend time with us just to get away from the devil. She had also used to take us to Ontario, um, not Ontario, Canada, but Ontario, the city in California. And we would drive up there. She'd rent a, like a hotel room for the weekend. And we'd just stay there and veg out and go to the, the, the Ontario Mills Mall and walk around and do a little shopping and Maybe go to a movie and she just used to spend time with us that way so we can get out of the house and spend time with us. I think that's one of the reasons why, and I won't obviously never say where I exactly live, folks, but I live in that vicinity, you know, in San Bernardino County, where I have those memories of what she did for us. And... um Remembering that time, right? Now, you know, there's one other mother in my life that I have to give honor to, and it wouldn't be a Mother's Day without her. And that's my wife, Delia. And Delia is a mother, obviously. She's the mother of my daughter, our daughter, Michaela. And, um, She's a very special mom because I believe in my heart, especially like myself, we always want, wanted a child, you know. Even growing up, I always felt the need to have a, a little piece of me walking around, which I do. And um, she prayed for her life to have a child. And luckily, we, you know, Michaela wasn't like a rainbow baby or anything where we had multiple tries and then, you know, we had miscarriages and things like that, which I know a lot of people go through, which is heartbreaking and hard for people. We, you know, just, it was in God's time, in my opinion. And eventually we had her, you know. She's our only child, probably not going to have any more. It's not that we don't want any, but, you know, it's what God had planned for us, you know. We could always adopt, of course, and I guess we could do that. But I don't know. 
I don't know. We haven't really discussed that. But motherhood is very special to Dahlia. What has made Dahlia so special with being a mom is the sacrifice. Like most moms, but in the sense of sacrifice for Dahlia, she has, you know, when our daughter was born, we agreed that she would stay home with our daughter until she went to school age, you know, kindergarten. And I would work and I would sacrifice. And it was tough. It was tough financially. It was stressful. It was expensive. You know? But in my opinion, it was well worth it. We went through a lot of hardships, a lot of arguments, tensions. And a good portion of us raising our daughter was in the, you know, in my father's house. And it wasn't a great experience, but she, she took care of my daughter, she took care of me, she took care of my father, who could take care of himself, but she was there. And um, it was hard for her. I think if we didn't get out of that house, we were on the verge of just ending our marriage. And and not that I would want to do that, obviously. But I had to get us out of there. There was something in that house that was nefarious, insidious, evil that lived there. It wasn't my father. It was something there. It was a spirit. An evil spirit that was bringing us down. That was, that would make us very angry. And it was, um, it, it was hard for many years. We were there for 2015 to 2018. I, I think, oh wait, October 2014. And then I think it was oct- sometime in 2018, sometime. So it was hard. It was hard. We finally got out. And it was still hard because now we had rent to pay and then we have other expenses. And um, so we've struggled. And then my wife went back, went to work part-time. And it's more of a full-time job now, which... um, And that helps. And she struggles because it's it's not a great job. We are thankful that God gave her that job because the money helps us, but it's not a great job. She's, you know, it's a very physical, labor-intensive type job. You know, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just, it's not for her. You know, and she has made the sacrifice to do that for us. And I'm kind of stuck in a sense because I don't know where God wants to place her. We know there's a place for her. I know in my heart she will find a place. We just have to look. You know? It will take time. But God's in control. I believe that with all my heart. And um, still sacrificial. 
And it was much harder for her before because she was going to work at like, I would take her to work like at, I think 8 p.m. And she'd be out of work at 4 a.m. That was tough, <laughs> getting up that early. Now it's kind of like she goes to work at 4 p.m. and finishes at 12. That's still a little hard, but it's not as bad. At least she gets to sleep a normal sleep, you know. But I, I pray that God opens doors for her. Today we celebrated Mother's Day, giving honor to her. And I, I'm, I'm pretty traditional in the sense of what I do for her. And some may say, oh, you're boring. Maybe I am. But a lot of husbands and fathers don't do anything for their mothers or their wives. So I get her a nice bouquet of flowers, the local florist. Buy her some gifts, her favorite meal. She loves California Pizza Kitchen. She loves other restaurants too, but that's her favorite. And gifts from our daughter and myself. And then she has to go to work. She works on Saturdays and Sundays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays. So she's at work right now. And she misses. She misses us and we miss her. We pray the time goes quickly for her at at her job. You know. And I couldn't ask for a better wife, a better mother for my child. You know, parenting is the toughest job in the world. It really is. Because there's no guarantee how your child will end up when they get to age, when they're on their own. You don't know. You hope you raise them right. You hope you sacrifice for them so they can see it, so they can appreciate it. And that's what moms do. But some kids don't appreciate it. Some kids don't see the value in what their parents try to do. Until one day, they have kids of their own, and then maybe they'll understand. Because they think mom or dad, especially mom, mom is usually the bad guy. Dad's usually the good guy, you know, where, especially if it's a a girl, if you have a daughter, the daughter will typically always come to dad sometimes and ask him first. And if he says yes, yeah. But maybe mom doesn't want that. And she says no. So who are you going to listen to? Or you listen to mom. Right? Because you don't want conflict in the home. Right? And moms, God bless them, when they don't get their way sometimes, they will cause conflict in the home. And it's because they just feel so passionate about the decision. Oh, mom, can I uh, go on a date? Dad, can I go on a date? Most dads are going to say no. right? Oh, no, you cannot. The mom may say, yeah, you can go out. Uh-oh. Dad's not going to accept that. You know. Who knows, right? Every family is different. Some dads will say, yeah, go on a date. Have a good time. Come home by 10. I haven't gotten to that part of my age yet. I dread that time. I dread those days when my daughter will ask me, Dad, can I go out with this boy? I'll be a nervous wreck. And I know we were all there at one point at that age. You know, whatever age that may be, I don't know yet. I, I don't want her dating too soon. But it's scary. 
it's scary to think about it, but I try not to. <laughs> um, moms are going to be able to handle the more personal things with daughters. You know, things that dads normally don't want to do. Um, hey, mom, can you come get me my first training bra? Oh, hey, mom, I got something on my pants. Can you, what is this? <laughs> and most of you women know what that means. You know, we all do. But, um, and I know there's a lot of dads out there who are single dads and mom's not around and they have to explain those things to them. And I'm sure it's uncomfortable and I'm sure it's, it feels strange because your daughter has reached an age of womanhood and her body's changing. My daughter's only eight, so I still have a few years left. But as you know, we all, our bodies change pretty quickly. When we get to a certain age, maturity and puberty and all that hits, right? And things really change from that point on. Things get hard, especially with women with moodiness. But boys are moody too, so don't get me wrong. Parents, dads, moms, you know what it feels like for those older kids, those teenagers. But you don't know what you got until they're gone. Thinking about that lyric, right? You don't know what you got until your mom's gone. Until she's dead. Until she passes away. And then you, you think about all the times that you treated her like shit. You think about all the times you backmouthed her. Or, or talked back to her. Or gave her a hard time. You know, we can all have disagreements with our parents, our moms, our dads. We don't have to disrespect them. And I know it's hard because some parents disrespect their kids. So it's a, it's a two-way street. Parents have to respect their kids. But kids have to respect their parents. If dad or mom says no, kids need to respect that. Even if the child does not understand the decision of why mom and dad say no. And some dads, moms will explain the decision. This is why I said no. Because of this. Some parents are just, nope. I say it no, so that's the end of it. Stop talking. Stop asking about it. Some parents are like that. We as parents, especially moms and dads, have to do a better job of communicating with our kids. And I know communicating with kids, teenagers, young adults is not easy. It's almost damn near impossible sometimes. But we were all there, folks. Even if you say to yourself, well, I never treated my mom like that. I would get this, the, the shit kicked out of me or whatever, you know. That may be true for you, but we can't do that these days. Some parents do, and but it doesn't make it right. Old school, beat the hell out of your kids until they, dis, until they just respect you is not the way to do things. It's just not. We have to people... At, as a parent, have to evolve in doing things a little bit differently. There, I believe there are ways that our, we can raise our kids without beating the hell out of them. Like our parents did. Using violence or scare tactics or things of that nature. We don't have to do those things. Moms have a tough job, you know? Single moms especially, I don't know how they do it. 
some moms have more than one child, obviously. They have a few kids that they have to watch over because, hey, dad's not in the picture or dad is a deadbeat dad and he's he just, you know, hey, he got some fun out of it. And that was about it. That was his contribution. But after that, mom, hey, take care of them. And they're struggling, right? Moms go through hell trying to take care of their kids, get them to school on time, make sure they're dressed, fed, make sure that they're, they grow to be decent people, right? Not easy. Almost damn near impossible today when if you add into the fact that if they're struggling financially, yeah, they're, it's not going to be a pleasant experience for kids or for the parents. But moms get through it somehow. I knew one lady, um, well, more of my wife's friend, but she was from El Salvador, lady from church. And she had, and she was, she was poor, I'm gonna be honest. She didn't have a lot of money. I think she had like five kids, all different ages from two years old to like 10. And she was a single mom. I don't know how she did it. I, I wish I knew her secret, but she did it somehow. She got through it. She wasn't from this country. She was an immigrant. Her kids were all American. She was not. So her kids would probably have a, a at least fair, better chance of survival in this country because they're Americans than she is. But she's, she's surviving, God willing, because God's there for her. God is protecting her and blessing those kids and making sure that they're safe, making sure they're fed. It may not be the ideal life that parents want for their kids growing up poor, growing up, you know, with secondhand clothes or growing up, you know, but if they have a roof over their head, if they have food in their stomachs, if they have clothes on their back, then that's all you need. But I know in this today's day and world, um, parents try to do more, try to give them the toys, try to give them the extras in life, right? So, growing up, I, I won't say that I didn't have any toys because obviously that would be a lie. I had Game Boy, I had Nintendo, I had toys, mom and dad gave them to me not just dad so you never really went without but times were simpler back then <laughs> they really were you know <sighs> tired <laughs> it's been a long day um, but anyways happy Mother's Day everybody to all the moms out there God may bless you and God, I know, does bless you for your heart, for your kids. Just treat them right. Support them. Love them. Talk to them. Be there for them because they grow so damn fast. And before you know it, you're going to miss out on their childhood. If you're out there working, which I understand that we all need to work. We all need to pay the bills. We all need to support ourselves. But we also need to spend time with our kids. So everyone, 
I just wanted to give this happy Mother's Day message to all the great moms out there who sacrifice, right? And I was reading a scripture or devotional today. Let me see if I could find it on Mother's Day. Let's see here. So let's do this one. So, lasting gifts it's called. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. A quick internet search for Mother's Day. Oh, sorry. This It was Psalm 29.11. So, the devotional says, A quick internet search for Mother's Day gifts yields a slew of results. Everything from smart light bulbs to notebooks to monthly subscriptions for books, cereal, or cosmetics. But how many mothers have you heard say, I would just like some peace and quiet? How, I'm, I'm sure most mothers have said this, especially while raising school-aged children. Peace and quiet are precious commodities in the life of a mother. While giving the gift of peace and quiet for Mother's Day requires some scheduling and creativity on the part of fathers, I can guarantee you the gift will be well received. Our Heavenly Father gives us the gift of peace each day. Not only that, but He also gives us strength. Peace and strength are gifts that we, all of us need, no matter what our stage in life is. Peace comes from when we give our anxieties and concerns to the Lord in prayer. Philippians 4, 6-7 Strength comes from when we rely on the powers of Christ to help us in our weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10 and a new candle or coffee mug may last for a while, but peace and strength from God will give help us through each day for the rest of our life. And if you think about that, you know, not only giving mom peace and strength, peace and quiet, but God wants to give us to us that too us, right? Give us peace, give us strength in our day. So, you know, thinking about what we don't know what we got until it's gone, right? For many of you who lost their moms this year or last year or recently due to COVID or just old age or young age, you know the precious gift they hold to you and your heart and you are missing them. One of the things I am very thankful for for my mom is her giving her life to the, to the, to Lord Jesus in the last years of her life. Even going to church with me and my wife a few times, but she ended up going on her own after that to Downey, Calvary Chapel Downey. And she suffered she went to Jesus for help. Jesus gave her the comfort and took her home. On December 9th, 2015, at approximately midnight around there, I don't know. That's exact accurate. I wasn't there, obviously. But she lives in heaven. I know many of you out there may not believe in heaven or hell, but I do. 
And I believe one day I will see her again. And hold her. And she'll know who I am and I'll know who she is. And I know deep down she's watching down for me right now. She's watching with Jesus. For all you moms who don't feel appreciated, you are. For all you moms who don't get, you know, the thank yous in your life, thank you for being a good mom. Thank you for defending your, defending your kids. Thank you for providing for them. Thank you for doing your best. That's all you can ask for. I know it's, it's, we want to give our kids the very best in this world, whether it's wealth, the best clothes, the best food, the best everything. And sometimes we can't do that. But you give the best that you can, and that's enough. Take care of yourselves, mom out there. Keep that mind strong. Have peace in your heart. Know that you're doing a good thing and you're doing an important job. A thankless job. I know. I'm not a mom, I'm a dad. But I, I can understand what you may go through. Although I may not fully understand it because I never gave birth. That's another aspect of motherhood that I could never do. <laughs> most fathers, most men cannot. Physically also. But we wouldn't want to, in my opinion. I would not want to give birth to a child. I'm sorry. That looks like it hurts like hell. So thank you for that. Thank you for bringing joy to the world in the form of children and love and being a loving, kind soul. I know that, that days get tough. I know it gets difficult because sometimes you look at your bank account and you don't have much and you still have to feed the kids. Sometimes you have to buy them things that, that you don't really have the money for, but you still have to you do it anyways. And you're, you're a sacrificial mom. And one day it's going to pay off. One day it will. You may not see it right now, but it will pay off. God bless you. Thank you for everyone who joined in today for this Mother's Day message. Much love and appreciation to all of you out there. And thank you for taking this time to join me in this conversation. And like I said, I thought this was going to be a short conversation. <laughs> Never ever does, right? They just have a lot to say because mothers are so damn important in this life, in this world. And to Jesus. And to us. Let's show a little bit more appreciation for them each day. Hug them more. Love them more. Kiss them more. Tell them how much you appreciate them more. Hold them tight. Because you never know when they're going to be gone. You never know when you're going to lose that mom. Whether it's your wife. Whether it's your own mother. Whether it's the special moms in your life. You never know how long they're going to be around. Only God knows. So appreciate them. Cherish them. Thank you for everyone. And until next time, thank you for joining me on Just Talk with Joe Meyer. God bless everyone.